0: What's up, everyone? This is your host, Daniel and Javi, and you're listening to the Brown Sound Podcast. We're just two brown best amigos talking about everything and anything through a Latino and indigenous perspective.
1: In this podcast, we uplift indigenous and Latino insights on a variety of topics that highlight the intersectionality of both cultures.
0: Expect some tears, joy, and definitely laughter. Imagine chilling with your two best friends, talking smack, and throwing a little shade. <laughs>
1: What is up, everybody? This is Javi with the Brown Sound coming to you today for our season four, episode two. And Daniel's here,
0: too. What's up, Daniel? Hey, How's well, this just a, The <laughs> one-man show? The <laughs> show? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? How uh, how are things down in the 2C? The
1: well, CheekX, I saw some light flurries outside, so I'm like, is it going to oh. snow again? I just, I thought we were over it, and I'm, I'm so done. I think that the uh, weather we're showing, you guys are going to get a lot of snow, I think, or weather something is happening over
0: um there. flurry aren't those those little people that dress up in costumes uh
1: those are larpers i think
0: oh yeah live oh, no, action furries role right aren't they called furries oh, first, The yeah. people that dress up in dog heads and cat ears I, and stuff uh, i think uh, but
1: Chica, cause i don't have friends like that or i mean none that have shared that with me <laughs> so i don't I'm really, know i'm really surprised you don't I, <laughs> 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 i'm
0: like the <laughs> people the people you've introduced me to i'm just like oh yeah uh, I mean... <laughs> just like, I've introduced you to Leaf, Yeah. Do you think that the <laughs> I can see it. You can see it with the little cat ears, you know. Yeah. Well, I think they're just dogs. I think they're
1: cats. Yeah. Leaf, yeah. It just looks just like some... one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need to come back. Uh, no, so, Uh, I'm actually uh, feeling myself right now. I just got a haircut. And mm-hmm. uh, every time I get a haircut, you know, I definitely get the compliments. Uh, <laughs> More more DMs, but you know, what can you do? <laughs> oh, oh, what? oh, what does that have to do with anything?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's that gotta do with
1: furries? <laughs> <laughs> um
0: Bro, you want to share to the listeners what we you know we just uh well I guess it's a day after but yeah. man, we had a cool we did a cool thing yesterday.
1: We did a thing, yes. Yeah. So Daniel and I were invited to uh you know present to our alma mater, the University of Idaho. There's a um podcasting class uh and we were asked to come in and talk a little bit about like what it takes to start a podcast, what inspires us, uh you know all the ins and outs of having a, maintaining I guess, a podcast and it was it was really cool. It was a really good experience uh, just getting a little vulnerable because they asked us really like good questions, right Daniel? Like like, what do you, what inspires you to continue and it's like, I don't <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't know no yeah, just kidding. <laughs> no it was
0: yeah it was pretty cool you know um it was cool to be asked to you know just come and share our experience and especially to like um a crowd who probably doesn't really know much about like our background or our community right. so always cool to share and shout out to the the instructor who invited us you know um that's super super nice guy super cool you know good vibes the class was pretty interactive too with their questions and we even got like a picture with them you know so uh you want to see the picture you go to the instagram page and check it out but yeah i just thought it was thought it was pretty cool and you know those those type of events for me are always just fun you know because it's definitely not my first uh speaking thing but it's it's just pretty pretty cool and pretty um always like a humbling thing like oh wow yeah people know about us yeah
1: (laughs) well the the other thing and actually ties into my next uh segue here is we had one of the students in there who identified as latino and i shared a little bit on on my story. Um, that student happens to be part of the camp program that I was in when I was in college. And so he came over to talk to us, right? And he was like, hey, mm-hmm. I just want to share that I related to a lot of things you shared. I'm also really interested in, you know, podcasting or broadcasting and media. And we talked to, we gave him an invite to come to the show. So maybe in a future yeah. show, he'll come in and talk to us. But it was really cool. He actually knew a lot of the people that I knew when I was in college that still worked there. And I was like, just like that program. <laughs> you know, like I was very, very uh, happy to hear that um, and that he was that vulnerable uh, to share that with us. So anyways, that brings uh, me to introducing a guest, Chica, because we have somebody... Joining us today, who we know from back in the day in college. And, uh, you know, we definitely, uh, you know, hung out with with this person. We know him very well. Um, you know, we moved from acquaintances to hopefully we can say friends now. <laughs> 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 he can tell us when he comes on the show, but uh, he's our good friend, Victor Canales. Um, and a little bit on Victor before, uh, you know, he... He says a little bit more on himself is, as as uh, far back as I've known him, Victor has always been an activist. He's been someone who has always been passionate about speaking up for injustices, um, you know, giving spotlight and highlight to some of the challenges that um, certain communities face. And I've never seen him be uh, anything but brave and, um, you know, push on the powers that seek to keep us down, Cheek X. So mm-hmm. today, I, I, you know, we really wanted to bring him on because who he he is as a person and what he stands for, what he stands for definitely aligns with what we're trying to do on the podcast, right? And yep. so without further ado, we'd like to welcome our good friend and everybody get from your cars and drum, from your homes, drum roll, drum roll
0: <laughs>
2: please. Victor, what is up? Hey y'all, how are y'all doing? Um <laughs> I've been listening to your podcast, and it's always um, I always learn something from the podcast, and uh <laughs> Anyways, I was laughing for this. But anyways, uh, Daniel, Javier, thank you for having me here. Um, I think when you mentioned Brave, um, it's something that, you know, I don't know if it's Brave, it's more like survival, maybe, uh, where yeah. we are constantly reminded to, you know, to keep fighting. Um, I'm from, I'm an immigrant, I came from Mexico, um, from a small ranchito in Guanajuato. That's where I was born. That's where I grew up. And um, for me, my dad was a migrant farm worker. So he has been a migrant farm worker his whole life. Or when, when he was a teenager, he came over to the US. He started working in, uh, I think it was in Phoenix, Arizona. And then he went on to California. And then he finally settled in Idaho. I don't know why Idaho, but right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely. And um, my, I have. Uh, five older siblings and uh, my and four of them are my oldest brothers and so wow. they came up with my dad um, so I didn't even get to meet them until I came over to the US when I was seven or eight years old that's when are I' actually, you serious that's wow. when I actually met, maybe I met him when I was younger but I don't remember uh, yeah. when I was a little baby or you know three or four I don't remember them but I didn't really get to know them until um, when I was eight seven or eight, eight years old uh, okay. we came from like I said from Guanajuato. we settled in Idaho. Um, I don't know if you know Mount Home. Montejon mountain home. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's where I grew up. Uh we worked. Air Force Base, right? Yeah, right next to the Air yeah. Force Base. Yeah. Um, so there we we settled there. Um we grew up working in the fields and agriculture. That's what my parents knew. And so we started working in the fields at a pretty young age. I was like maybe eleven or twelve years old when I started working in the fields. Yeah. Definitely when I was in Mexico, you know, my dad would send us money, so uh his hard earned money, which I thought it was, you know, que barriamos dólares, you know aca, you know, the like earth. they say in Uh, you sweep the money over here but it's really it takes a lot of work a lot of hard work uh, to earn those dollars and i learned it the hard way because i started working in the fields and it was um it was a lot of hard work. And um, I did it all the way up to uh, high school when I, you know, came over to college. Uh, It is hard work. It's respectable work. um, But there's a lot of injustices that you witness. And then there's a lot of, you know, benefits that you don't get. Like from, for example, somebody that even works at McDonald's, they might, you know, be eligible for like health insurance or workers comp. In the fields, it's different. You know, there's this thing called like farmworker exceptionalism, which means that, you know, farmworkers sometimes are not eligible for like health insurance or workers' comp and in its, in it's legal, right? And so again, there's a lot of injustices in the fields, yeah. but yeah, um, I grew up working in the fields and if it wasn't for the CAMP program, which I was also, I'm um, a product of the CAMP program, I don't yeah. think I would have been um, able to go to go to college. Uh, yeah. CAMP is a college assistance migrant program. Um, I am now the recruiter uh, for this program, so I go out and recruit in high schools in Idaho, Washington, and Oregon. That's my recruiting area. And so yeah. we provide support to students who were part of the migrant education program uh, from can mm-hmm garden all the way to, at any time from kindergarten all the way to, to their senior year, um, or if their families, um, immediate family members or household members worked in agriculture, um, yeah. work or worked in agriculture at least 75 days in the past two years. Uh, just a little disclaimer right now, I'm just sharing about my own thoughts and opinions. I'm not on yes. the clock, Yes, <laughs> not on the clock. So yeah, definitely. I'm here to, to talk to y'all and answer maybe some questions that y'all may have. I know I talk a lot, so feel free to <laughs> cut <laughs> it. Well, uh,
1: we, we talk a lot too. Uh, so this is, this is a nice change. No, uh, Victor, I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, uh, cause you shared, um, starting to work in agriculture at the age of 11. And uh, so Daniel, believe it or not, uh, your boy Javi also did agriculture work. I worked in the field. Oh, Victor's surprised too. <laughs> oh,
2: you did? <laughs> Are you the water boy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, I lasted a whole two weeks and I did get a whole paycheck uh, out of it. But yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember my mom and dad trying to coach me like, no, dress like this because it's going to be really hot. Lot. like make sure to wear something to cover your head um carry a lot of water you know carry some boots try to get some water resistant uh like what are they called those little waiters kind of is that what they're called yeah or like wear boots that are high and y'all it it's it's hard work, and when people say there's a lot of stereotypes and a lot of comments that people make about farm workers or even just immigrants in general, that you know they take our jobs. Um, and let me tell you, if this is a job that you want, have it, have it, go for it. Um, we would gladly, uh, you know, switch places with with the people who have that mindset, right? Um, but I I I remember that, and, it, and it's hard. Uh, my mom and dad also worked in agriculture for many years and you know it it broke my heart that my mom and dad to give us a better life that that's what you know that's the only job that they could go to now they uh have different jobs. Um, you know, my dad's now has his own business, but, but yeah, I, I, I can definitely relate to that play. I didn't work there since I was 11, but, but I, I, what, what are some examples, Victor, of some of the injustices that you remember as a kid?
2: Yeah. Um, so one of the main ones that I remember to this day was, um, um, I was the, uh, interpreter, uh, for my family. Cause I was the one that learned the English language the fastest. So I was assigned as the interpreter, you know, for everything. And so me and my parents work with uh, other people, Um, So the crew was about maybe 20 to 30 people that we worked in the fields. We worked mainly in the Mount Holm area, Bruno, Grandview, Glens Ferry, Hemet. But I remember one time we were in this Grandview farm and the farmer, he he made us work in this big field. So we were doing sugar beets, taking out the weeds Mm -hmm. with asadones um, and so with hoes. And so we were taking out the weeds and we took forever on this field. There was a lot of rocks. So I remember that everyone had blisters on their hands. Everyone was tired. And when we finished that field, I remember... We went to the grower's house or the farmer's mm-hmm. house, and he didn't want to pay us. You know, he refused to pay us. He said that he wanted us wow. to leave his property, that he was going to call La Migra on us, ICE. Wow. Um, and so I remember that my dad was, you know, just saying like, hey, you know, tell him to pay us and we'll leave. And um, he was refusing to it. And I remember that uh, I told the, the, the farmer that we would take him to court if he didn't pay us. And I don't think he was used to hearing this uh, from, from farm workers or immigrants. And yeah. so right away, his f- expression from like angry or, you know, trying to kick us out, his expression came to like fear, you know? And yeah. so he, right away, he took out his checkbook and he paid us and we left. And so yeah. that's when I noticed that, you know, okay, so we do have rights, you know? We, we can yeah. stand up for ourselves and and that was one of the experiences that i still remember to this day was that you know there's a lot of times that you know many farm workers are fired you know without pay you know and yeah. and again you know um that's that's not, that's not fair so yeah. that's one of the experiences that i remember the most uh, as a kid
1: and it's almost like the that person Knew that farmer knew what he was doing, right? He thought he could get away with it, and until like you pushed uh, with legal action, then then there was that shift. Um, and that's unfortunate because we do have a lot of workers who may be undocumented, or maybe they they aren't, but because they don't know their their rights or the language, they you know they can't advocate for it. That's that's extremely frustrating and and sad. Right? Yeah.
2: No. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, I think regardless of your immigration status, like we all have rights, and that's something right? that you know. Going into college, that's when I really learned that because I I did do an internship with Student Action with Farmworkers. They're Mm -hmm. a non non profit in North Carolina, and they do a lot. They provide a lot of um, services to farmworkers in regards to health, legal aid, education, um, and advocacy and lobbying, and so for farmworkers' rights. And so uh, that's one of the things that I learned um, was that hey, we all have rights, you know. And and uh, this is something that I should have known since I was like a young a younger kid, you know. But yeah, definitely I did learn a lot with Student Action with Farmworkers. One of the things that really astonished me the most was that uh, in North Carolina there's a lot of migrant farm workers, meaning that Mm -hmm. the workers travel, follow the the harvest, the crop harvest Mm -hmm. throughout from some of them might start in Florida go to South Carolina and then North Carolina, and then may may end up in Michigan or New Jersey. Others may start from Texas and may end up in Michigan or in California. And so there's a lot of farm workers that, you know, go through North Carolina. And one of the things that, you know, I was told was that uh, Student Action with Farm Workers uh, pushed a bill through the state legislature so that farmers, because farmers uh, who provided housing to farm workers, you know, they didn't have the, they didn't, they didn't have to provide even like a bed for farm work. So, even though they provided farm worker housing, they didn't have to provide that. And so, North Carolina, um, a lot of farm worker based or nonprofits or organizations actually pushed a bill through the state legislatures just so that, you know, wow. farmers who did provide um, housing, you know, they at least had to provide, you know, a bed. And one of the craziest things to this day is that they don't, their farmers are not obligated to provide AC in this in their housing. And wow. North Carolina is hot. <laughs> if you've yeah. ever been to North Carolina or if you're from North Carolina, you know how humid it can get, how hot it can get. And this is also another, you know, health, you know, hazard for, for farm workers. So they're outside working, you know, in this extreme heat in this extreme you know weather and then they come home and it's even hotter inside their home so again that's one thing that is not legally farmers are not legally obligated you know to provide ac and so that's another thing that you know um is still an issue but there's a lot of issues wow. but those are some of the issues that you know really astonished me when i went to, to north carolina
0: i can only imagine i always hear about uh well the south just in general it's super humid um i know so like with my background in you know coming from the res a lot of time i mean so there's some native communities that are familiar with i think farm working backgrounds to like uh, in the yakima area and, and things like that um but my area uh necessarily we don't we don't have a lot of like diversity or anything like that i mean you no know, northern idaho you know so um uh, if you had any like i guess you know, I think a lot of times people from my community, too, are like um, not aware of like what happens in farm working communities. If there's one thing that you would like to share just a little bit about like, I mean, I guess even just touch more on, you know, things that don't get shared, you know, because I know uh, especially with the podcast, you know, we have a lot of native listeners who, you know, probably aren't aware with a lot of the, you know, things that happen because I didn't know that. I didn't know that they, you know, that stuff like that happened. I mean, I know some farmers could be jerks just from the area that I live in because we live in a big area. Area too, but we yeah for some reason a lot of natives don't really like mess with the farmers here. You know we kind of keep our distance. I know we have some who work and like go and do the like shoveling for the rocks and stuff like that. But for the most part, a lot of the natives try to avoid uh the farmers in our area just because they're kind of kind of assholes. But uh, not all of them, but I mean some of them. You know there's there's actually really good families out there who are really nice. But um there's just something that you could share maybe that like like bringing awareness, yeah, or like just like a or touch on something that like. Maybe Maybe that's not true, like a stereotype or um, anything that, you know, for our listeners who, who have no idea. Because that's one thing, too, is like a lot of our listeners, they're like, oh, I had no idea. You know, I had no clue that this was going on. And so I think that's what makes our podcast pretty uh unique is that we get to touch on you know things that happen within all of our communities that not all of us are aware about yeah
2: i think there's there's like a disconnect between the food that you eat and who actually you know picks the fruit or who plants it and and all of those things and a lot of people think a lot of people assume that you know farmers are the ones who do all the work you know and they're the ones who they think but it's really farm workers who really you know are the the main source of you know work you know for farming for for crops and stuff like that so i feel like there's this disconnect, and I think it's intentional so that people don't know um, that f- what farm workers are going through, um, the wages that are sometimes you know really really low, even sometimes below minimum wage um, the, the work injustices, you know, sometimes when, uh, we heard stories about, you know, farm, farm workers who passed on the job and it was just like, you know, the farmers would just try to like not let anyone find out, you know, because you they, know, like they, they could get a truck, cover it up and yeah, know way cover it up. So I, I feel like that trying to get like, learn more about where your food comes from, you know, a lot of like in Idaho, yeah. there's a lot of dairies in Idaho. And so there's mm-hmm. also a lot of, you know, farm workers that, you know, do that dairy work. And so just, you know, finding that, finding out a little bit more where their food comes from and also advocate, you know, for, for farm workers mm-hmm. uh, I know a lot of times there's a stereotype um, well not really a stereotype but uh there's a a statistic that says that about 48% of farm workers are actually undocumented and so a lot of times you know people fall into those you know stereotypes into like like these false narratives about you know immigrants mm-hmm. and all those things so that's the first thing they might think about when they think about farm workers but in reality you know farm workers are humans you know they come here they leave their country uh, we left our we leave our country to come find you know a better job there's a lot of push like push factors back at home that you know there's yeah. extreme poverty there's uh, um there's no there's no work and then and then there's a lot of pull factors, you know, with like a lot of corporations, a lot of, you know, farming industry saying like, hey, we have jobs over here, we're cheaper. And again, like Javier touched on it earlier, like a lot of, you know, US-born citizens don't want to do these jobs. And for what reason? For the same reason that, you know, I may not want to go back into farm work because, you know, the pay is not the best. You know, you work a lot of hours, you work under extreme conditions. Farm work is one of the top three most dangerous jobs in the US, mm-hmm. even in the world. So again, you know, just thinking about those things is like, you you know first of all is humanizing farm workers you know one of the things yes. is the step is humanizing them it's just like i have rights on my, in my job you know they mm-hmm. also have rights regardless of status and so I, just, I think just looking into where your food comes from and uh, start mm-hmm. you know talking about the issues that affect because a lot of times the issues that you know people in the in, in the rest you know experience are similar to the ones that yes. you know our community experiences and i've heard it throughout mm-hmm. your podcast uh, you know about the things that you know we intertwine and a lot of times we're pressured into like saying like oh, okay dividing us, right? Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's like, we all struggle, you know, through poverty, you know, through injustices, through racism, mm-hmm. through different things. So just, I guess the main thing is just humanizing, you know, farm workers, because we're, yeah. we're all human. Um, and we're here to, you know, provide a living for our family members. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and here to, to work and just you know live <laughs> yeah
1: happy fulfilled lives yes yeah <laughs> it's like just like anyone else right yeah. yeah 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 victor i wanted to ask you um because you're very passionate about this um work and because we attended college together i'm like and because i'm going to air out some of your laundry knives. just kidding because <laughs> <laughs> we were no, friends I- or acquaintances <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hmm. so, what i wanted to ask you was uh You know, especially for the youth, because a lot of the things that we do is how can we empower the youth to, you know, learn more, do more. Um, Touching back into college, right? What are some things that you did to kind of help lead you to become a leader to become more empowered more knowledge and and a stronger advocate can you talk a little bit about that how, how what was your journey I guess to get to that point?
2: um I would have to say that my journey it really started again from or my journey to college started with my experiences I had you know being an immigrant uh, coming into a new country and learning the language the culture the I guess the traditions to a certain way um, coming into work and farm work you know I think a lot of the things a lot of those things affected or actually I guess made who I am today yeah. and so just thinking I wasn't even a lot of the things uh with our community is that we want to go to college right or we want to get an education or go to or do something different you know that and a lot of our, our parents tell us like hey you know, that's why we came to this country you know so we can give you uh, a better opportunities for for their kids you know and so for me working in the fields uh to be honest I didn't like it <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a lot
2: of work um uh, my dad for like he forced me to go to work um since I was little kid. And I did not know why he wanted me, you know, I mean, I knew why because we needed, you know, we needed food, we needed to, you know, buy clothes, we needed to pay rent, and so it wasn't until my senior year of high school when I I always tell this story because I go to high schools and I always tell the story that um, I, I was working in the fields with my family and I wanted to go to this quinceañera, right? And so it was a Saturday and it was getting late and I was like, okay, apa, like, ya vamos, you know, it's time to go, and he's like, no, you know, ya mero, ya mero acabamos, el, and on Monday we'll we'll start a new field, and I got I got so upset at my dad and I remember. That you know, I never disrespected him because you know you don't disrespect your Latino parents or Mexican parents, you know. But I was so upset that I started you know just you know I was just started you know talking smack about the work and I was like este trabajo no es para mí no me gusta I don't like this work it's hard work I don't want to do this for the rest of my life and I remember that my dad he was just very calmly he said like hey si no quieres trabajar aquí vete estudiar right so he said if you don't wanna if you don't wanna work here for the rest of your life go to college go study and for me that that's when it clicked and it was like okay so. I, my dad's been taking me to work this whole time so that I value you know como se gana el dinero that you earn yeah. money how do you earn yeah. money in this country and yes. that there's another, there's another way Right. And so I remember that, that that was my senior year of high school. And even though, he, I mean, that was his way of telling me like su consejo, right? That was his advice. And so when I was in high school for the remainder of the year, like I, I, I was like, I need to go to college. I need to go to college. And I think it was by coincidence that one time I was walking out of the high school and my, one of my migrant education teachers, Mr. Lopez, he actually told me to stay after school. Um, and I was like, for what? He's like, oh, you advise here. They want to talk to you. And I was like, talk to me about what? Like about college. And I was like, oh, I don't want to stay, but I was like, okay, I'll stay. Right. And so that's when I walked in, and there was um, the recruiter for the camp program, and he was there and he just painted the picture, and that totally changed. Mm -hmm. You know, my motivation, my perspective. I thought that you had to have like a 4.0 to go to college. Um, motivation, you know, he really, he said he came from a similar background. He told me to follow up with him. And I was on the phone with him, maybe like, you know, a couple of times a week, just talking about what was next. Cause I wasn't gonna let go of that opportunity to go to college. And awesome. um, my GPA, my GPA was not the highest. I shared that with students. <laughs> I've had a 2.6 or a 2.7 when I graduated from high school. And, you know, the University of Idaho, that's where, you know, I went to school. You know, know, they really, they did give me that opportunity and it was really the the camp program who gave me that opportunity to come up to school. And I guess just that lack of information that there's within our community, you know, that's one of the things that I noticed is that, you know, I always tell students like, hey, when I go to high schools, hey, like your friends might not be here, share that knowledge, pass it on. You know, I always pass it on because, you know, we need to, we need our community to know that there's options that you can go to college Uh, because my high school counselor, he never took the time to talk to me about Boise State, U of I, ISU. LCSC, yeah. not even CSI, right? Yeah. You know, community colleges, which all schools are good, but they didn't, he didn't take the time you know, to say like, hey, what do you want to do? For them, it was probably like, oh, you know, he's going to do that yeah. work, which again, it's respectable work, but it's hard work. So again, yeah. you know, just going back into, you know, I guess the reason why I'm doing this job is because I remember like how confused I was, how, how lost I was with the college application process. Mm-hmm. FAFSA, I did not know what that was, you know, right. um, you know, the different scholarships, I did not know how to do an essay. And so for me, just going back and, you know, making sure that students know that, hey, if you want to go to college, you can, there's help out there, there's support. So I think I just did it pretty much because, you know, I wanted to give back to my community. Um, And and also with that comes the activist part. Like I I was pretty involved in college with, you know, a lot of activism work. And I like to see that a lot. I know, you know, one of the organizations that I want to give a shout out to is Movimiento Activista Social Mas. You know, it was a group of students, a group of friends, you know, that were really, you know, passionate about making change, not only at the U of I, but also at the state level level. And so I'm so glad to know that this uh, organization, student organization, is still on campus. They're still oh, doing a lot of great work. And so I'm really excited about, you know, how they're still making a difference. Some of the members actually went down. There's this campaign in Idaho called Manejando Sin Miedo. Oh, and yeah. so, and the, I think there's a bill in the state legislature right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a lot of our students who are in, in mass who are in mass in Movimiento Activista Social, actually helped with gathering signatures and also went down and talked to, um, I guess, uh, I gave a testimony in front of the state legislature. That's amazing, mm-hmm.
1: and, and that yeah. was, and you also helped to bring some signature programs to the ULI campus. Um, because there was Color de Nuestra Tierra, I remember that was a big event that that group helped produce, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. There's a, a lot of, yeah, that signature event still going on. It just happened a couple weeks ago, and oh, so it's wow. just a way to bring awareness about you know the Latino Latinx culture, about different issues that not only celebrate like the beauty of the culture, but also talked about machismo, also talked about you know the different you know perspectives or different things within the Latino. Latino, you know, culture, Latino community. And so I like that because we, we did like a, we, we, we did, um, a- uh, talk about the culture, the beauty of it, but also, you know, we talked about the different issues that our communities are facing. One time we talked about the feminicidios in Mexico, you know, so the feminist sites in, in Mexico in the border. So there's a lot of things that students, um, you know, talk about, they want to raise awareness about, and then, uh, yeah, but definitely.
0: Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's really cool about, like, the communities that we come from is because community plays a huge role in, like, a lot of the things that we do. And I know for me personally like my community is very supportive of me and I'm very thankful for my you know my hometown they really hold me down and stuff and um, I, I was going to ask too, like, how has, like, oh, I mean, I guess kind of touched in on how your community has inspired you, but um, do you think that's like one of your, would you say that's like one of your like number one kind of, or not like it's not number one, but like one of your main like inspirations of like doing the work you do is like your community. Cause I, you know, I feel like we we're very blessed to come from the cultures and the backgrounds that we do come from and community is such a, it's, I, I mean, it's just, it's huge, you know, and it's a lot of pressure though too, cause it's like, dang, you're just trying to do do what you want to do but then you got the whole like community right there like on your <laughs> yeah. back like uh but no i i think um i just think that's that's really cool all the work that you're doing and and have done too
2: yeah i do believe that it does take a community you know to get you to to where you're at because yes. mm-hmm. um i never say that i did it by myself um i always thank the camp program i always yes. thank my friends you know the organizations that i was in because one thing is to get to college another thing is to stay in college yeah so for, so for me it was like really you know difficult you know being a uh, being away from my hometown. Mount home is about seven hours away coming into Moscow. Um, and But just seeing that, you know, how welcoming uh, my community was here in Moscow, the programs, um, even the the multicultural aspect of it, you know, I really liked it. So I learned a lot here. So for me, yeah. I, I do believe that, you know, community is the reason why I continue to do the, the work that I do, because I feel like there's a lot, a lot of, you know, community members who, are, you know, I guess, unaware of the different opportunities that they can do. Um, this year, I noticed that there's a, a, a trend with Latino males, young Latino males not going on to college. And so this year, I was actually surprised because um, the majority of the students that we have accepted into our program for the next academic year are males. And so wow. that's something that mm-hmm. I've never seen before within the different programs in the U.S. It's like, you know, we see a, a, a low college enrollment rate for Latino males, and this year mm-hmm. we've seen a, a lot higher. And so that's, that's really good to, to see, uh, but also there's still a lot of, a lot of work to do. You know, because one thing is to bring him up here and another thing is to keep him up here. And that's why we do a lot of the programming that we do uh, intentionally, you know, program, intentional program for students so that they can come up, you know, have a a place where they can be um, be, they can be themselves and, you know, get them to that graduation stage, which is our main goal.
1: And find community. Right. Because that Mm -hmm. was that was a thing for me, too, when I went up. Um, I I didn't feel like I belonged, and quickly through the camp programs, I'm also a product of the camp program. I, you know, Daniel and I have, to, have talked really good things about it. Uh, I was able to find my best friends in that program, right? And so I'm very thankful for it. So shout out to to the camp program for sure for. Getting us here because look at where we're at now. <laughs> to touch no. to, to touch on Daniel's point too, uh there there is this also cultural aspect. No, I don't think it's it's I won't be like mindful of how I say it, but uh it's not an obligation, it's this commitment to bettering our communities. So when we make it to these levels of these milestones, I guess to put it lightly, um, uh, then you have this weight on your shoulder too. About well, how can I continue to support and help my community? How can I help the younger cousins, the younger siblings the friends friends uh you know make it to this to this place too right how do we open the doors how do i connect you to the network i have to help you get there and that's part of the beauty of of you know we all been through it now we connected we know uh what it takes we also know who to connect those students to right Uh, talk to victor if you want to go to college talk to me talk to our other friends and if you don't you're not interested in those colleges tell us which one you want to go to we'll know who to connect you there's this big uh there's this vast network that we can tap into and so that's That's amazing. Victor, as your friend, I am very proud to know you. (laughs) I am very happy to you know get, get to see how far you've come and also see the work that you currently are involved with um and how you support and uplift our communities for sure um if if i if we were to ask you what advice you would give to the youth like what is something that you learned through your journey in starting where you started and where you're at today there's random kind of dogs barking i'm so sorry no, you're good.
0: i was wondering i'm like did you hear that from? Like, did you <laughs> feed your dogs Oh, you they're not even my dogs and i'm not even <laughs> even, I'm not even going to cut that out. I'm going to leave yeah. that in. Oh, <laughs> like that's,
1: that's somebody's dog. Somebody feed them because they know.
2: <laughs> anyways, uh, Victor, what advice would you give? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, I am, um, I am a recruiter and I do go out and talk to students at high schools. And I I pretty much tell them like, hey, if you, I, I do work for the University of Idaho, but I'm here to recruit you all, you know, just to, to go into higher ed. But I also understand that maybe higher ed is not for, 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 for some students, right? There's trade school. And so like, I, I tell them to use me as a resource, right? Use us as a resource. Like, if you don't want to go to college, let me know, like, I'm not going to force you to go to college, you know, just want to know what are your resources. I went to the school in Wal- the Wilder High School, right? And I was talking to, I talked, Pretty much the whole class, which was like 30 something of seniors. And so, one of the things that I, I talked to was about, you know, just like, hey, there's our parents came here from different countries. My parents came from Mexico. I came with my parents, and they just want us to take advantage of the opportunities that this, you know, this country offers and just do something. You know, it can be college, it can be trade school. And I left it at that. One of the students texted me, he's a senior, like a couple months ago, and he was like, hey, Victor, your um, talk with us really helped me. And I, even though I don't, Want to go to college? Um, I just signed up for trade school, right? So he want, he's going to be a welder. And for me, that was like that was amazing because I was like, okay, you know, we're still you know impacting students' lives one way or another. Even though if it's not college, that's fine. It may not college. It's not for everyone. We we know that. And so just making sure that our students are um, finding opportunities and then asking for support that they need. So again, I, I, my advice is just go for it. You know, yeah. just go for it. No tengan miedo. Don't be scared. Uh, well, even if you're scared, go for it because it just takes that first step for you to connect mm-hmm. with someone and then it starts going from there you know right so with me it was with the camp recruiter he helped me with everything but for you it can be someone else it can be um, you know going asking for that job applying for that job uh, going to that you know technical school things like that getting your GED like I talked to parents about it too you know it's never too late and then just go for it because time is going to go in it's going to pass either way whether you wait or not five years are going to go by so fast two years three years and you're still going to be in the same position so might as well just go for it no I kudos
1: and uh, some of the trades make more money uh, than if you get an <laughs> academic
2: degree so let's be real <laughs> yeah that student from is about to make more than me <laughs> yeah <laughs> kudos
1: all right well let's uh switch it on to our next segment daniel
0: do you want to Lead us in our brown yeah. noises. So we'll do... Yeah, so the language lesson here, the brown noises. Um So we'll be teaching you all how to say strong. So in the Nimi Putemt, the Nesperus language, my language, how to say strong is Keps Keps.
1: So Victor and I will... <laughs> We'll practice saying it, Victor. You want to go first yeah. as our guest? Yeah, caps, um, uh, caps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kept. Is it caps, caps? Yeah. Who said a better, me or Victor? Yeah. All right. And in Spanish, Victor, do you want to show us how to say
2: strong? Strong is um, fuerte. Fuerte. Wow. Look at us. I'll Practice, come at on home Dan ever. Ever. Who on Daniel. you said, said,
0: said it better, me or Javi? Just kidding. <laughs> I, I didn't hear you, Daniel. Say, oh, say it again.
2: Fuerte. Oh, okay. All right. I, uh, Daniel did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fair. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so next up, we have our Shades of Brown Shady questions. So we we had a heavy topic today. We got a little bit vulnerable. So I want to thank Victor for leading us Definitely. through that conversation and for sharing your. Your, your perspective and your experience, because it's it's a lot. And so, um, to wrap up, Victor, this is going to be your first Shades of Brown Shady questions. Ooh. To wrap our episode, we like to brown. we like to end in a fun way, right? So we are going to ask three questions. This is why I was um, nervous,
2: not because of the- <laughs> not for the other conversation, but this is the, the part I was nervous about. Ooh. You're familiar, familiar with this, yes. Right? Okay, so
1: we can skip one question absolutely, uh, but you have to answer two. Two. And if you're okay. brave, you'll answer all three. And so okay. here's the questions, okay? Question number one. If a close friend asked you to lie for them, would you do it? Question two. Think of King Midas. Remember, anything that he touched turned to gold. So if you had to give that superpower to someone you know, who would it be and why? So the rest of their life, anything they touch would turn to gold. That would be their life. Okay? And then the third question is the world is about to end and you can only take three people you know aboard a spaceship that will save your lives. Who are <laughs> (laughs) you taking with you okay those are
2: the three questions so victor you're our guest we'll have you go first (laughs) all right so the first one if a friend asked me to lie would i lie yeah a close friend so it's not just any friend it's a close friend oh and the second one was a
1: friend. It's a King Midas power. So you have to pick one person that anything that they touch moving
2: forward will turn to gold. Okay. So I would have to skip the first one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then the second one. Um, so I have to name the friend? Yep. would okay. it be? Uh, and why? <laughs> um, that's a hard one. I would have to say... I would have to say your brother, Lalo. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um, I don't know. I feel like he's uh, pretty ambitious. <laughs> okay. In he a good way. Okay. In okay. a good way. He has drive in a good way. And so I feel like, yeah. yeah. So like
1: the rest of his life, anything he touches. His house, <laughs> yeah. his car, yeah. his, the road. Okay. okay. And what about question three? The world is about to end and you can only take three people with you aboard the spaceship that will save your lives. Who are the
2: three people you're taking? Three people. With? My mom would be the first. One, my dad, and these are pretty hard actually. <laughs> I would have to say, uh, one of my good friends, VV. Okay, oh, yeah, oh. Good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you for answering those. Daniel, you're next. Okay. So if a close friend asked me to lie for them, would I? I would probably say yeah, because you know I'm a loyal ride or die. Uh well, I guess it'll depend on what they're asking me to lie for though, too. <laughs> if it's like obviously if they like were, you know, psychos or something and did something bad, I probably wouldn't. But um, but if it's just something like, oh, I'll tell my tell my wife I'm here, but I'm not. No, I'm just kidding. I'll just touch one of those one of those. No. Uh yeah, I guess it just depends on the situation. But for the most part, you know, I'm always gonna ride with yes? friends. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I had to choose anyone that touched and turns to gold. Um, I would probably have to say I would probably have to say Betsy, my little sister, just because oh, I feel okay. like I feel like too if anything you touch that turns to gold, it'd also be kind of annoying. Like it's like, oh great, there goes the door, it's gold now. <laughs> you know, or, and so I feel like that would be my way of just like always having to terrorize my little sister. Um, and the world is about to end. And who can I take on the spaceship? I'd probably have to say, man, that's a tough one. Um, definitely my mom and my dad. Um, but then it's it's hard because I have like three other siblings too. Uh, so, like they, they had good lives. <laughs> um, I would have to probably take my mom, my dad, and probably. Probably, dang uh, probably my grandma too I would Aww, just, okay duh, yeah but yeah I'm like sorry sisters you guys will see you somewhere else
2: um, uh, but yeah that's... so you avoided the uh, friend and sister sibling drama yeah because <laughs> uh, I'll hear about this yeah, yeah. Okay. so if a
1: friend asked me to lie for them would I absolutely I would um, I just I'm also the mindset of you know if you know it's a, I'm not a liar per se so people know when I lie I'm a bad liar, just in general. But if if my friend is Are like you? a little white lie that <laughs> You are? Yes, yes, I am. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is like, you know, a little like, hey, you know, like, I just say this because of whatever. <laughs> okay. What, it's not none of my business. As long as it's not hurting nobody, I don't mind doing that. Um, and also, yeah, right or die. Yeah. So I, I would. Um, but it just also would depend. Right. So am I going to jail with you for lying? Because then I'm not. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do that. So I'll come visit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll come. <laughs> and then King Midas, anything touches the gold? Who would I give? that superpower to and why you know i would give that power to sierra hate you know she <laughs> maybe i would stop her from uh, putting karma in what's <laughs> <laughs> like because she needs it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. well and then think about it like she's eating her little soup and then she touches the spoon and she's like ding it's gold and think about the money she could make you know what i yeah. mean like she would just just touch random things eBay just have somebody else work for you because you don't even have to touch anything if you turn everything to gold you're rich true so yeah i'd hire people hey you know if you do this for me i'll give you a water bottle and then so what if, touch, that. what if she would touch
0: what if she were to touch hillary would she just turn into gold like yeah a statue yeah. so well, she better she just be or not oh. yeah. <laughs> just her
1: or <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> you're just minding your own business and Sierra touches you and you're like, okay, I guess I'm gold. Now. I'm never gonna move again. Uh yeah, so Sierra hate for sure. Um, and then the world's about to end. Um, and you can only take three people with you. Who would you take? Y'all, I'm gonna cheat because y'all didn't even think about it, and I'm gonna take all my nieces and nephews because they're all little, so like two of True. them make one person, and then I can take all of them with so that's what I would do. You know, if you have to Fit full size body people, like <laughs> all the little kids, and I love all my family, of course. But I'm like, these this is the next generation, and uh, you know, hopefully well, we can live or something. I don't wow. know.
2: Well I have like 20 nieces and nephews, so I couldn't <laughs> take them all. Like, uh,
1: pick your top six.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do you fit in here? <laughs> sorry,
0: Juan <Well, go> <laughs> yeah. Think of
1: the think of the ones you um, that have wronged you in the past. <laughs> You're yeah. like sorry. I'm- <laughs>
0: I I thought your three were gonna be uh, Little John, Hillary, and Ashby Garola. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I thought that's who you were gonna choose.
1: Um, I, I love them, but um, I'd take Guillermo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I would t- definitely take Guillermo. But no, I, I you know, just my nieces and nephews. If I had kids, I'd take them. You know, so mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right guys well thank you for for indulging us there in the shades of brown shady questions um to end the episode uh again victor i just want to thank you so much for coming to the brown sound for sharing your perspective getting a little vulnerable with us yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. um and you're always welcome to come back anytime you want um sure
2: about that because i talk a lot
1: (laughs) 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 well there's a difference between people who talk a lot and just talk to talk um you actually had a lot of valuable insight to give us so I would sit oh, there. Any you. episode where well, you can you, you. Uh, <laughs> talk, talk our ears off? <laughs> um, any last points before we wrap up the episode and say adios? No. What's your beauty routine? How do you guys get ready in the morning?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's the What's the first app you check when you wake up? <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> All Tinder. Just, just kidding. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, uh, what What was a highlight and a just a highlight of the episode for y'all? Okay.
2: Um, a highlight for me would be just talking to getting the, the chance to be on this platform and just talk to uh, anyone who listens about, you know, farm workers and why is it important to know where your food comes from and, you know, to do a little bit more research and know that we're all human. We all deserve the same rights. Um, right. So, yeah, definitely. That was my highlight. And then what, what is the other thing? Oh, that was it. <laughs> oh, oh, I rose <laughs> in my thorn. <laughs> well... <laughs>
1: Just kidding! You're like that, oh, yeah, you yeah. thought we were friends?
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. We 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 are friends.
2: <laughs> we are learning a lot
1: this episode.
0: I'm <laughs> still getting to know you. <laughs> <laughs> You're like loosely acquaintances, is what I said. <laughs> no, that's definitely that's awesome.
1: Yeah. And Daniel, how about
0: for you? Um, I think just you know uh, having Victor as a guest was the highlight. You know, it's a lot of this, you know. Your story you shared is very meaningful, and I know it will it will resonate with our listeners, and even for the native listeners who you know probably don't have, um, you know, don't know what you know what goes on. So um, just that part of educating and in a way where it's like meaningful and real, you know. So um, definitely appreciate you for coming on the podcast and sharing your experience. And I would do my thorn is whoever gave us a one star rating on the podcast. (laughs) We just checked out. We just we just saw that the other day. We have all these like five. I'm starting. There's one, one star so Whoever that is, I'm like beep you. Just
1: <laughs> so, Mister, we just we just reached our ten, a, a huge milestone. We got our ten thousand oh, yeah. downloads. We're actually oh, nice. over that now, right, Daniel? Like yeah, you, yeah, we're we're
0: over way above the ten thousand download now. But
1: and so we had to flex a little bit to share, right? Because it's a yeah. big deal. We're we're a grassroots effort here, uh, <laughs> we spend our time and money and our expertise on getting this going. But yeah, you know, you, Daniel, you you know you have a made it unless you have a hater so thank you yeah. to our one star. Oh, yeah, I got, i'm like you got plenty you know um um but happened. you know whatever you can't please everybody <laughs> and uh, what we will focus is what we will focus on is those that are supporting us so thank you for that um a highlight for me this episode is uh bringing victor on i got to spend some time with you last weekend and it was really good just catching up and i'm glad we made the connection and to have you be on the show um so i know you continue to do really great stuff you continue to uplift our communities. You inspire the youth to go into college, um, you know, and get into those uh, positions and those opportunities that they otherwise might not have. Daniel and I keep talking about how representation matters. So the fact that, you know, the, our students can, the youth, um, people from our communities can see you out there um, mm-hmm. makes the difference. And so thank you for all your hard work and keep doing it because we need people like you out there doing the good work and inspiring the youth to, to push for more, you know? Um, yeah, we need, sure.
2: And we need people like y'all to share the message so you all thank you you all are doing good work because a lot of people tell me about you know have you listened to the brown sound podcast and i was like yes i haven't listened to the last episodes i'll be honest but um i do it on the road when i go recruiting yeah. and so can I do one yeah. one one pitch? Um, yes. I I know I I. If you want to learn more about farm the farm worker movement or farm workers in general, you can go visit the uh, website Student Action with Farmworkers, and so mm-hmm. they uh, do a lot of good work. If you want to donate, you can donate to uh, their efforts, and so again, it's Student Action with Farmworkers. Amazing. Thank you, Victor.
1: If people want to connect with you, do you is there like a social media or somehow that uh, folks if they wanted to reach out to you to learn more about the work you're doing?
2: Doing. yeah definitely uh if it's uh, related to education they can uh follow my instagram which is at victor u ui camp victor U I C A M P. so they can follow me and if they just want to get to know me it's el compa vic <laughs> that's my personal <laughs> my personal instagram so you can follow me there But yeah. all right cool cool well yeah again thanks
0: again and um hopefully you know we can always invite you back you know once we get things going here uh, again shout out to our listeners out there you know i don't we, we didn't do a stats yet, right? Of So we did reach the ten over 10,000 downloads now. We've been downloaded in over 82 countries, with our top countries being U.S., Canada, Puerto Rico, and Mexico. And we've been downloaded in 43 U.S. states, and our top Ooh, four woo. states are Idaho, Washington, Oregon, and California. So hey, shout out shout to... Out. Our top four countries, top four states, yeah. <laughs> top four, 82 countries. I mean, yeah, this is super cool. So, I, I, I totally forgot about that because I mean, yeah. I've been sharing it on social media, but I just forgot to mention it on uh, while we're recording. So,
1: yeah, cool. No. Yeah. Uh, last, last, uh, message is if you haven't yet, make sure to follow us on the Brown Sound Instagram at Brown Sound Podcast. Um, as always, you can listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, and it's been such a blast will continue to do the good work. We will see you next time. Adios. Cut si-o-yo.
0: And muchas gracias for listening to the Brown Sound Podcast. We had a blast with you all today, and make sure to tune in next time. To follow us more closely, check us out on Instagram at the Brown Sound Podcast. For partnership opportunities or just want to get a hold of us, you can shoot us a DM on Instagram. Disclaimer,
1: the thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts and hosts only.